Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger and of course Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. Well, Baldy, it came and it went, and we were talking for weeks about the schedule release and what we might think or see or how this might shake out. I mean, for me, I said this. This is like Christmas, right? We're opening presents. We're seeing who's playing, when. No doubt. And now I get a real sense, as I know you do, with how things may shake out this season. So first impressions, um, and we can talk about the international games, which we did a little bit of, but now we know what that kind of looks like in in a complete form. The opening game, Detroit at Kansas City, and a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, why is Detroit getting to – You know, I mean, I know they won eight of the last 10 games, and I know they had a top five offense, and I know all that. Defensively, they weren't very good last year um, at all. And I don't know how much they've improved. They drafted Jack Campbell. You know, they added a couple pieces in free agency, a couple cornerbacks. Um, That's as good an offense as there is in football with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Mm -hmm. everything that they have. Like, that's a big challenge because – I remember I did Kansas City's opening game last year in Arizona, Carl, and they put up 42 points on the Cardinals in that game, and they took they they sat everybody down in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's like one of those deals where I could have scored 60, but I like you, Cliff. I took it easy on you. And we <laughs> backed right. off. We backed <laughs> off, and we put up 42. Like, I feel like if Detroit's not ready, Kansas City could put up 42. And – Okay, it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's the opener. It's Thursday night. But we have seen some awesome games to kick off the season. I remember Micah Parsons opening game uh, with the Dallas Cowboys in Tampa coming off the Super Bowl, and it went. It was a nail-biter. I mean, it was back and forth, and it was a great game. Last year, great game. I, I don't know that Detroit has enough defense yet. I know they're like the young darlings, and everybody wants to kind of – put them on a pedestal right now because Aaron Rodgers is going to Green Bay and it's their division to win. That's a big gamble, I think, by the league to put them on that opening game of the year to kick things off. Yeah. Um, and maybe the league says, Baldy, you know what? we got a built-in audience. We're the NFL. I mean, people okay. are going to well, watch. No, good point, Carl. You know? And And they're like, hey, yeah, we'll throw them in there. People are going to want to see the Chiefs. They're the Super Bowl champions. And, and, you know, the reality is, look, when preseason starts and we're like, oh, I hate preseason because I hear it every year. 
we're still watching. <laughs> we're still paying attention to the meaningless preseason game. So, but Baldy, I'm with you. I was a little bit surprised about Detroit um, being thrown into that, that kickoff game. First Monday night game, you predicted this. You talked about it, I think, two weeks ago when you said, wouldn't it be something if the Jets are playing maybe the Giants or the Bills on, on Monday night and it's Jets-Bills on 9-11, the 22nd anniversary yeah. of 9-11. I, I got to say this, man. There's going to be a lot of emotion. There always is. But, you know, with the anticipation of how good the Jets may be, that's an incredible Monday night. It's incredible. I mean, it, you know, it's a it's a built-in, proven team with the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. You know they're going to deliver. They're going to – you know, they're – they're, they're a, a premier franchise in this business right now. And look, I mean, Aaron Rodgers sells. Aaron Rodgers in New York sells, Carl. We yep. They got five primetime games, the Jets. And it starts with that Monday night. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's hard to just put, okay, Joe Namath to, to now. It's hard to put 50 years of perspective sometimes. But I can't think of a Jets, maybe Rex Ryan there in his second year, I can't remember a more anticipated Jets opener than this one yeah. in their stadium on 9-11. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman in the booth, um, national TV. Um, I can't remember a more anticipated opening game for the Jets in my lifetime than this one. And it's for the whole country to see. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is like, okay, that's why I came here. I came here like I, I, I'm telling you, like the Jets are. So Aaron Rodgers sells, and Aaron Rodgers in New York sells big, and that's why they're there to to kick things off on that Monday night. Let's talk about the Jets a little bit, Baldy. Um, they host the Bills, obviously, then to Dallas on a short week. Okay, and these are the kind of things, guys, we look at that shape out a season, and can you maneuver it? Then it's three of four games at home, okay, for the Jets with the Patriots, Chiefs, Eagles. And say that have- again, Carl. Say say that. Say that row of games again. <laughs> Patriots, Chiefs, Eagles. All right, three of the next four at home. This is after the Bills open up against the Jets. Then the Dallas. All right, on a short week. Patriots, Chiefs, Eagles, and then a road game at Denver. Guys, that that is tough. Your bye week comes week seven for the Jets. But here's the kicker. Ten games at MetLife for the Jets this season. One game, obviously, is going to be when they are playing the Giants as the away team. So nine home games. So that fares very well for them. And then during that span in which the Jets won't have to travel after that, that, that road game against the Giants where they're at home, Baldy, they're at home for like 30 days. They're not traveling. You're right. So that's a big deal. Yes, they they start out the season very difficult, but you're talking about a span of about four weeks where they're not, they don't have to leave their houses and they're at home. That may bode well for them. So this is, again, breaking down the Jets' schedule. What do you think? Well, a, a couple of things. I mean, that first six games, I mean, for, you know, you got Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. They, they, they can't beat the Patriots. They haven't been able to beat them. I that's mean, true. it's been awful. Now, things will change this year, maybe. But I mean, I see the Eagles going. I mean, we'll get to the Eagles in a little bit here. But the Eagles might—they started eight zero last year. The only undefeated team after eight weeks. They lost to Washington on Monday night. But they—I I feel like they could start eight zero and they play the Cowboys on a Monday night in the ninth week. But 
you know, you've got national TV games Monday night against the Bills, Sunday night against the Chiefs at home. So, right. you, you know, it, it, so much of this is the quarterback matchups. And we have talked about the, the quarterbacks in the AFC and just how loaded this conference is, especially with Aaron Rodgers coming over, Tua being healthy. But they've got, you know, Monday night games against the Chargers, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there is some elite matchups. But that first six games, Carl, like, I don't know, if they can find some way to get to just be three and three after six games and then the bye week hits, like, I got to feel like they got to feel pretty fortunate right there. And I'm sure, you know, any Jet fans, I'm selling them short, but that that is a tough, tough stretch to start. Projected wins, by the way, if you're into those kinds of things, is 10 wins for the Jets. Okay, so that's projected. And I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going, do I see 10 wins? Now, I think I do, but it's all going to depend on that stretch. And here's the deal. you, Baldy, you know this. You can't in the NFL expect to get to the playoffs if you have a stretch of three losses, four losses, right? A win, and then you're in another stretch of losses. It's very hard to overcome. If you win two, lose one, win three, lose two, you're more prone to kind of be in the mix. And I'm just saying – there's a chance they could start off and, and maybe drop three or four of these games. And all of a sudden now people are freaking out. And it's kind of interesting to see, you know, the NFL with all these flex games at the end of the season, right? They want to make sure they're getting the best games. We want the best games as fans. So I love it. But you see all these primetime games really earlier in the season for the Jets because they're not going to take the chance to say, hey, what's going to happen at the end of the season? Well, I mean, look, I, I have said that Aaron Rodgers coming to New York, it, it really – I mean, you can say, okay, it's deja vu, Brett Favre going from Green Bay, eight, you know, whatever it was, 18 years ago. But like it reminds me an awful lot of Tom Brady going to Tampa in 2020 because Tampa had never won anything, you know, under Jameis Winston and sure. a, a series of coaches since, you know, uh, Tony Dungy, Gruden left. And so they nobody thought that they were even playoff worthy. They were – under 500 with Jameis Winston the year before. Uh, they were not a good football team at all. And Tom Brady goes there. And all of a sudden you go, oh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Oh, Gronk is here. Oh, you know, A.B. comes midseason. Well, you know, whatever. That's right. You know, here comes uh, Fournette. Like all of a sudden, a lot like some of the guys that are kind of traveling with Aaron Rodgers, you go, nobody thinks that the Jets are a Super Bowl team. But now that you see the schedule, you go, oh, this is going to be t- but I felt like I said the same thing about Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay. And they, they you know, they end up they, – they got beat by Kansas City on a Monday night. And literally, Kansas City scored every time they touched the ball in the first half. And you're like, oh, they're not ready. And then they went on a run, and they won eight in a row, including the Super Bowl. And so – and wiping up Kansas City in, in a rematch to do it. And I feel like maybe this, maybe this is the Jets. Maybe – Aaron Rodgers in New York is the Jets. It's almost like the same age Brady was when he went there. Yeah. The whole thing feels eerily similar to me. They got to go do it, but it feels eerily similar. Baldy, and, and you know, we talk about this. One guy can change the culture of a team, right? If he's special, 
He can come in, especially at that position. We, he can change the culture of a team. You can get a star, you know, defensive player. He can change the culture of a defense. Last thing on the Jets, three of their last four on the road, at Miami, at New England, and then a Thursday night game at Cleveland. Point is, that may come down to them having to win some of those games at the end to position themselves for the playoffs. So it starts tough, a little bit easier in the middle, and then at the end, you're still playing those tough division games and then at Cleveland. I'm expecting Cleveland to be a, a, a better team this year. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, a full off season. I have to figure that he's going to be better and look like the Deshaun Watson we saw a couple of years ago with the Houston Texans. Guys, it's in the huddle. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. It's all things NFL in the huddle. We go inside of teams. We talk to stars. We talk to people. Make sure you subscribe. Tuesdays and Thursdays is normally when we put our new episodes out. But because of the uh, the, the schedule drop, we wanted to make sure we came back on Friday and talk a little bit more about things that are going on now that we know what this looks like. All right, Baldy, a um, couple other things uh, as we talk about this schedule. I'm looking at, for example, the Dolphins, okay? And I know a lot of this has to do with Tua's health. Projected wins, by the way, guys, 10 wins, all right? In a very tough division. We already just talked about, you know, what's going on, Jets, Patriots. But they're on the road three of the first four weeks, and we always talk about getting off to a good start. And then they're at the Chargers and then the Patriots. And then four of the final five games are at home. So they have an advantage there as they get the Jets, the Cowboys, at Ravens and Bills. What do you think about the Dolphins' schedule, how it laid out? Well, it's a tough stretch. You know, to go to the Chargers into New England to start the season, you're on the road. There's, I think, four teams that start on the road uh, the first two games, like the Cowboys – not the Cowboys, but, uh, uh, you know, the the Las Vegas Raiders, one of those teams. Sure, So there's a couple teams out there. So that's always a tough stretch. Um. I think this, though, I've always I've been saying this for years. It's even more so now, Carl. Like September is the new August. Nobody really plays in preseason. Like, I mean, so, you know, teams have I, I talk to teams like the Eagles are a big team to scrimmage in preseason. Scrimmage getting ready like they came down. They scrimmaged against the Dolphins two days last year. Uh, you know, and they play the Dolphins in preseason game. Like I think teams get more out of scrimmages now than in these preseason games. But the point is, you're right. Is tackling is poor, execution isn't very good. Like if you're going to go on the road the first two weeks, you're probably going against with against a team, whoever they are, that's kind of like you. They're they're trying to figure out what they're good at, what the offense is. Um, you know, they're trying to get the kinks out. They're trying to figure out their lineups in some ways, in some cases. Like, I just feel like the first two weeks of the season, maybe even the first three weeks. Teams are, are what preseason used to be. Get yourself in a shape because nobody's playing. So is any you know who's in preseason? Who's in shape to play four quarters? That kind of thing. So I think that's that's part of it. But look, the Dolphins. I mean, they're one of these teams right now that people are expecting big things from. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDaniel's second year playoff team a year ago. We feel they're better. Two is back. Uh, he still finished the season last year ranked number one. In quarterback rankings, when he did play, he was extremely productive, high percentage, completion percentage, very, very productive. And uh, so, but, you know, you get Chargers, New England, and Buffalo on the road (laughs) through the first four weeks. And, oh, by the way, Denver's coming with Sean Payton for the one home game um, week three. 
that, that that's a that's a tough that's a tough start. And everybody wants to get off to a good start. But one thing you said earlier though, Carl, is I always feel like teams that get off to a good start, especially if they put a stretch of four or five wins together at some point, they usually end up in the playoffs, regardless of what happens. Like they just right. get off to such a good start, the record, they might limp into the playoffs, but they generally, if you put a four or five game win streak together at some point during the season, you generally become a playoff team. The other thing I'll say is, you know, I was going back and forth between the two networks last night, watching the schedule release. So, you know, because they all had, you know, special guests on, you sure. know, the announcers were all on last night. So, so anyways, there's going to be prominent AFC quarterbacks that we talk about at the top of the food chain that aren't going to be in the playoffs. Now, Russell Wilson was that guy last year, not in the playoffs, didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. But, you know, when you look at the AFC with, with just the AFC East, with Tua, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, uh, with Josh Allen, and then you just go through the list. You say Deshaun Watson and Cleveland and Joe Burrow, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody's staying home, Carl. Somebody's <laughs> going to be vastly disappointed yeah. when we get to the playoffs this year. There's no doubt. And I'll say this, too, about the preseason stuff. It's funny you mentioned that because – and guys, we're talking about um, teams having practices together, okay? So they practice for a few days together. And through these practices, they're working on stuff. But it's usually one-on-ones, right? I mean, we're talking one-on-one, meaning – starters and then they'll they'll have a scrimmage uh leading up to the preseason game usually uh in some cases and in other cases it's just a team coming in and and to your point baldy guys i've talked with coaches i've talked with said they get more work out of that than they do those preseason games and i talked to uh to arthur smith about this a couple of years ago when Mm -hmm. he first got the team and and when he first got to the falcons he didn't play anybody in the preseason no matt ryan was here he was just afraid to play anybody and they came out flat. They just – they were terrible. And I remember seeing him the the offseason, going into season two, which was last year, and I said, Art, mm, tell me you're going to play some of these guys in the preseason. And he said, you know what? I talked to Belichick about this. And he said, you got to play some of your guys to give them a rhythm, even yeah. though it's preseason. And it was kind of like he was so afraid because the team didn't have a lot of depth. He didn't want to play anybody to get him hurt and then put him behind the eight ball. So he kind of explained his theory to me, but he said, listen, going forward, I've got to, I got to play some of these guys that I was reluctant to because that's just, it's going to prepare us for the start of the season. Cause the worst thing you want to do, Baldy, as you said, come out flat, lose two or three straight. And then all of a sudden the, all the momentum you had going into the season just, just dissipates. So just an interesting thought there. I, I agree with you about the scrimmages. Let me ask you about this. It's uh, Carl Duke's guys, Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle. The Ravens. I expect the Ravens to be back in the playoffs, okay? Mm-hmm. But I keep thinking about Lamar Jackson and his availability. Four of their first six games are away from Baltimore, but it's the final four where they're at Jacksonville, at San Francisco in weeks 15 and 16, and then – Dolphins and Steelers at home to finish. And I'm not being, you know, negative Nelly here. The reality is, is Lamar going to be available at the end of the season for those games to maybe get them in the playoffs? And I just started thinking about this. Again, projected wins, Baldy, for, for the Ravens, 10. I, I don't know if they get 10 wins in that. Div- that division is going to be tough. Well, 
I don't – if Lamar doesn't finish the season like he hasn't in each of the last two years where he's missed 11 total games, but the final five games in each of the last two years and then a playoff game, like they're not getting the 10 wins with if Lamar misses five games. I mean, he's just not going to do it. Mm-mm. So the offense, I believe, like even when he was setting, you know, crazy records and winning a unanimous MVP – was he 22 years old when he won a unit? I mean, you, 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 like Josh Allen has addressed it this year. Like, there's certain things you can't do, Carl. I mean, look, I've seen it with Mike Vick. I've seen it. I played with Randall Cunningham. Like, you can't keep running the way that he has run, as good as he is, without a being conscious of the number of hits that you're taking. And look, you can't legislate against injuries. But if you're running 120 to 150 times a year, something's going to happen. I don't care who you are, you're going to yeah. get hurt. Yeah. And so I'm anxious to see. And I and, and I stop. I, I I used to be really harsh on Lamar, going get out of bounds, get down. You got the first down, get out to stop this stuff. <laughs> and he was like, ah, I'm going to put my head down and get my extra yards. Like stop it. You like you, availability is just too important, Carl. Like he has to adjust his style, and. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know if we're going to get 17 games out of them. And if they don't get 17 games, Carl, in that division, I don't, like, I don't think they qualify. I don't either. That's that's the thing about – and I think the Ravens are going to be good. I do think they tried to upgrade around Lamar. I like Todd Munkin as a new OC and all of that. But this is really about first four of the first six on the road, handle that, and then those final four – availability uh, because it's just something you have to think about 